Beer doesn't doesn't really do it for me right now. Yeah. Maybe something else, but I still can't believe that's real. I know you can. <laughs> uh, does it change your entire opinion of the San Francisco 49ers when you hear Nick Bosa? No, it just kind of reinforces my opinion about Nick Bosa is really all that it does. It reminds me of – I'm trying I, – I can't place the character in a movie. Um well, I'll continue. To, I'll continue to play it until it uh, <laughs> until it comes to you, or the text line can help us out as well. Beer doesn't brilliant. doesn't really do it for me right now. Yeah, maybe something else. But I could see that being a, a few members of the Ref Army tonight at six p.m. Oh my god! Tip off of OU Texas. Apparently, from five to six tonight, uh, they are doing five dollar beer locations or five dollar beer. Starting an hour before tip off tonight, so huh. maybe once uh, maybe once tip off starts, that'll that'll be a few members. Okay. Beer doesn't doesn't really do it for me right now. <laughs> Too much activity before <laughs> tip off. Uh, oh my gosh! What a loser! I just it's so it's so weird. It sounds so bad. I don't know. I just it, I don't know. It throws me off. It throws me off bad. McLovin from the four hundred five. Ooh, it kind of does sound like McLovin a little bit. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. It does. When McLovin, I agree with that. When McLovin's trying to buy uh, alcohol at the liquor store, um, when he gets punched, it kind of kind of sounds like him when he's trying to buy the liquor from there. That's that's pretty good. I like that. Oh, um, it's the dude off Ridgemont High. Says the texture. Yes, in the like Spicoli. Yes, it's, that's who I'm thinking of. I think that's, that's that, I think that's it. That's Nick Bosa from the nine one eight. But why does it sound like Mike McDaniel? That's a fantastic oh, text as well. That's funny. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, we got us a uh, a hoops game tonight. Looking forward to it, man. Should be a good one. We were talking yesterday. We think it should be one of the better crowds that we've seen. I mean, not just this year, in the last several years, right? Yeah, even uh, 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night, which is one of the more difficult tip times, probably for Mm -hmm. most people to get to, but that doesn't change my opinion of what you just said. Yeah, I think it could be the best crowd of this season and one of the best crowds that we've uh, we've seen in a while. Which, by the way, if you're heading to the game tonight, a bit of a programming note. Teddy, you and I are pretty much going to do all talk about uh, OU basketball in this game from 5 to 6 p.m. So okay. We're essentially going to be an OU basketball uh, pregame show for the final hour of the show. I mean, that's where people typically want to tune in for their hoops knowledge and conversation anyways, right? To us? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's you got to love the pregame hoops. That's going to be good, um, man. I know this is a this is a big one for us. We talked about it yesterday, just with kind of where you sit right now, what the schedule looks like coming up. Uh, to get this dub would go a long way because the Tech team coming to town is going to be really tough, and uh, you know this Texas team is too. I mean they're capable for sure, but. Uh, to be able to stack a couple of wins here at home before you head out on the road, you got back-to-back road games, would go a long way for you. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, our excitement is uh, is high because of what Rodney Terry said last week, how he acted Saturday after the Texas yeah. win, and of course it's Texas. But if this wasn't Texas, if this was, I, I don't know, like the same record, same team, same situation, but it was UCF or West Virginia or Cincinnati or most of the teams in the Big 12, would we be looking at this game saying, all right, Kind of like last week against West Virginia, this is one of those games that you really need to protect your home court and get a win. Don't lose to yeah. a team like this that you're much better than or that it feels like you're better than. Because that's yeah, kind of how I, I feel so. about this one. It, it's Texas, so it's, well, it's a rivalry game. Anything could happen. And, and that's true, but the way that Texas has played recently, I look at this game as just another one of those, yeah, you're the better team. Protect your home floor tonight and go get a win. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, I do have a tendency to oversimplify at times, especially whenever I really don't know what I'm talking about, which does occur routinely. It's but, true. yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where I am right now. I think um, I think we're the better basketball team. I think we're playing better at the, uh, at the time. Even though they got that big home win against Baylor on the last second shot, you have to give it up to them for that. That was... That was nicely played, but I, you know, I guess this isn't a game where you're like. Obviously, you're upset if you don't win it, but this isn't like a. I, I guess it's there's worse losses you could have. Yeah, it would just kill a lot of the momentum that you have excuses, with the fans, right? Because don't you feel like the excitement with the fan base yeah. is, is is pretty high? Yeah, yeah. So do I, and it's important to keep that momentum going. They've been doing that now for what over a month. I feel like. This it would hurt that a little bit if you were to drop this game tonight in front of a really good crowd. No so doubt. Just just keep it keep it going, keep it going into Saturday. Go get a two and zero. Go get a two and zero week, and you're back in the top ten and sitting in a really good spot in the uh, in in the conference standings going into next week for sure. Which by the way, OU is listed as a four and a half point favorite heading into tonight. We will monitor yeah. that line as the. Uh, as the show goes on. I think that's about right. Yeah, sure. Home edge, plus we're, I think we're, we're a little bit better team. I mean, at least we've performed better up to this point. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a fair, uh, that's a fair number. Cade from the 405 says, we are driving in from Sayer. Booma! Uh, 918, let's go. I'm on my way to the LNC from Tulsa. So, there's at least uh, a couple of people that are listening to us on their drive. Where's Sayer? appreciate that. That's Western Oklahoma, dude. Not too oh, far yeah. from the. Uh, well, if you want to drive to what? If you're going to Amarillo, and you're going on what? I guess I forty. You're going to go yeah. right through Sayer, essentially. Yeah. Okay. All right. How do you think this is probably the big game of the the big of maybe Kansas? But this is the is this the big must see home game on the schedule this year? Well, I, normally it's in. I, normally it's in, in the top three: um, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. For a while now, especially since you've recently gotten to play all those three, it's always been in the top three. I think it's over Oklahoma State because I don't care if you may not play them very much in the future; they're they're bad. I think the whole horns down situation probably puts it at number three behind only Kansas, and then when Houston comes to town at the end of the season. Like, I think Kelvin's mm. return's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's true. We you'd like to strike while the iron's hot right now, though. Coming off a really nice road win, you've got some uh, some dumb comments by Texas that are right there in the rearview mirror for them that can really pounce on. And when you have an opportunity to pounce on Texas, you got to take it, don't you? You you do. I'm uh, putting the pressure on you, by the way. Um, I'm counting ah. on you. Yeah, I'm counting on you to ask uh, Bob Stoops next segment about the whole horns down drama from last week and how he feels about that. So yeah. I guess way. that is interesting. That is an interesting uh, question to ask him and how that whole thing's played out if they ever had to – is it ever a conversation they had to have? Or was that was that all – That was post-Bob. All of it? Why did I feel like it was the deal that Mac Brown brought up at the end of his tenure too? Well, that was the paddle people thing that we always make fun uh, of because, well, okay. they're trying to play it. We're trying to snap the ball and the paddle people are being way too loud. <laughs> yeah, we talk about that a lot. <laughs> But you know what? That's the one I remember. I'm sure Mac at some point complained about the whole horns down thing. I'm sure that yeah. happened at some point. But no, dude, during Bob's era, you had uh, J.D. Runnels catching a touchdown pass, throwing the horns down in front of the Texas fans. Key well, Jones yeah. scored and threw the horns down. You didn't, unfortunately. But, yeah, like early 2000s, it, it was happening quite a bit. Hmm. I don't know why – I feel like uh, that conversation came up while Bob was there too, but yeah, I'd love to get his uh, his thoughts on it. See what he says. I, I mean, I kind of have a pretty good idea of what he's going to say. What does that matter? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, seriously. it's probably not going to be like any. You know, sometimes Bob will get going on a question that maybe you didn't expect. I'd be surprised if this is one where he kind of goes on for a while about, you know, how big of a deal or lack of big of a deal it is, I guess it would be maybe a better way to phrase it. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I guess when you it. ask him, we'll, uh, we'll find out what he, uh, yeah. what he wants to do with it. And, and, and we'll talk, like I said, basketball from 5 to 6 tonight. That'll be fun. Essentially our version of a pregame show before OU in Texas. And I'll bring this up again, just kind of quickly pulling the audience and a quick conversation on it before we hit the break, it's, you know, there were some people that wanted Porter gone after last offseason. You can't go this, can't go consecutive seasons without missing the NCAA tournament. They're playing a boring brand of basketball. This is not acceptable. It's not okay. What do you think the overall approval rating is right now with the fans and Porter Moser? Because things aren't just better this year. They are dramatically better than what they've been at any point during his tenure. Well, it's got to be, it's got to be pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, I guess I'd be surprised if if the if the reviews right now aren't glowing on the team that he's got. Have, I mean, he's had to rebuild every single team pretty much from the ground up. I mean, it's not an easy job that he stepped into to begin with, and like the new. All the new transfer portal and NIL stuff that you've you've got to deal with that he's had to try and navigate as well. I mean, it's not an easy time in college sports, really, in any of the uh, sports. So I would be shocked if it wasn't really high, considering where they sit right now. Now, if we fade or you get into the postseason and you're a one and done type of team, and you don't don't really get anything done in the postseason tournament. I mean, that's ultimately yeah, for sure. what's going to tell the story about this year. 
But as of right I mean, now, at this minute, it, it does feel like it's the overall oh, yeah. approval rating is is, is pretty strong because he does feel like a coach that people root for and want him to win. He's got passion. He's got energy. Like he's he's entertaining. Um, he seems like a good dude. He is a really good dude. I think a lot of people are pulling for him for this to work out. And yeah, but you're right. It all all depends on what happens the back half of the season and into the tournament yeah. for sure. No. I agree. All right, let's hit a opening timeout. Hanging out, Baltimore Nissan here in Norman today. We got Coach Stoops joining us next. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Baltimore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. Experience exceptional at Baltimore Nissan. I-35 and call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Better lives together. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. He joins us every single Tuesday at 320. He's Coach Bob Stoops. Excited to talk about this big basketball game tonight with Coach Stoops. Now, Teddy, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. But since the last time we talked with Coach Stoops, OU's 2-0 in basketball. And there was a rock and roll tequila truck spotted outside the LNC right before the West Virginia game last week. All right. I don't know. Did they let you drive that truck uh, truck around, Coach? (laughs) I was the one that pulled it in. Nice. Nice. (laughs) I like it. They got you a special parking spot and everything, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one It better be there tonight then. Uh, Come on. I had a hard time getting out of the truck, though. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah, uh, we got a fun one tonight. Texas coming to town. Uh, OU 15-3, and three, coming off a nice road win against Cincinnati. It's fun. I, and I, Coach, I know you enjoy it, but really is nothing like it whenever they start to get that momentum going. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and then the fans are getting into it, right? Yes, they are. Absolutely, they are. Yeah, we should. We were thinking this might be one of the better crowds uh, of the year for this game, especially coming off of. And I don't know if you saw this. Uh, you know, Texas coach Rodney Terry got all upset whenever they lost that game at home, and UCF was celebrating on the on the court with the horns down and all that. Turned into quite the controversy. I'm assuming they're going to be walking into a lot of that going on tonight. <laughs> Surely OU wouldn't do that. Yeah, so, no, I love it. Porter's got the team playing great. Uh, I've been able to catch most games and love it. Um, just play with a lot of energy, shooting the ball well. And, you know, as the difference, I, I always think in these games, at the end of the first half and the end of the game, whoever plays the best in those last two and a half minutes Oh, it seems to always whip, and we're making those plays in in, uh, in that clutch time, those last two two and a half minutes where you got to make free throws, you got to come down with rebounds, don't give them a second chance, those kind of things. I notice we seem to be making a lot of those kind of plays. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it seems like you and Porter are uh, pretty tight, good friends, and I don't really mean this from an X's and O standpoint, but just from a motivator, a teacher. What do you think makes Porter uh, Moser a great basketball coach? Oh, I think all of that. Uh, he's He's got it all. I mean, he's got such enthusiasm. You know, you know the guy's got to love playing for him. The enthusiasm, the energy, the positiveness that he gives off. 
and then his teaching. I mean, I've been to a, some of his luncheons where he has people that donate to the program. Let me and some of my buddies have gone to several where he gets up there and he teaches, you know, what they're, you know, show some film on what they're doing. And he's a great teacher. Um, and look at the people he's, he's been around. I mean, Rick mm-hmm. Vigeris is as good as there's ever been, you know, in college basketball. So it's one of his mentors and he's coached with. So he's, he's got the background. He's got the energy. Um, you know, he's got it all. So I'm excited for him and, you know, just OU basketball and the way it's progressing. Yeah, and it's not an easy, not an easy time. He's basically had to rebuild his team every single year through the transfer portal and and hopefully through some recruiting and stuff as well. So it's been a, a really good job. Uh, man, what a weekend in the NFL, Coach. Um, had some great games. Had some OU guys showing out. Hated to see the way Baker, um, you know, the way that game ended. And that was a great football game. But, you know, caps off a really nice season for him. Absolutely. Um, you know, all of the guys, just love watching all our guys playing and Baker – Surely has nothing to hang his head on. He played a great game again, and uh, you know, uh, just you know, just you just got to you got to be so clean and good in those last games and these kind of playoff games. And when I say that, I mean even defensively, you give up one or two, you know, plays that you you know you could have been different on, or you know, or a turnover here or there, or you know, whatever. You, it's you, you know, these teams here at the end are really efficient in all aspects of the game. And, and anyway, but, uh, yeah, I thought Tampa, they played great and tough and, you know, g- gave yourself a chance there to the end. And, uh, yeah, I love it for Baker. Hopefully this, you know, this will lead to something that can be a little more, you know, a little lead to a lot more continuity for the guy he's, been through what eight head coaches in four or five years Jeez, and, yeah uh, who knows different coordinator every year coordinators so yeah. uh you know and he's he still goes out there and he's posted really strong numbers and uh you know and avoided for the most part you know the tough plays you know the one interception early in the game it ricochets off one of his receivers hands i mean you know, you've got you, you. You can't tip the ball in the middle of the field. It's ninety-nine percent of the time that's going to get intercepted. So, anyhow, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for him. I don't know if you ever look at a young player and say, "Yeah, someday that guy's going to be an eleven-time Pro Bowler." Maybe you did that with Trent Williams. That's that's hard to project, I'm sure. But I mean, he's got to be looked at as one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL over the past decade. What you got him on campus? I think in '06. When was the first time you looked at Trent Williams and said? This guy's going to have a long NFL career, and he's got a chance to do something really special. Well, I, I could tell early on watching him run. He, for such a large, massive human being, I mean, he's a big man, um, and and always has been, right, Teddy? Teddy will tell oh, you. Oh my I mean, gosh! Yeah, and but uh, watching him run, we would run cross fields, you know, for for conditioning after practices, and whenever Trent wanted to. He could burst it, and he could, he'd be out there in front. He'd beat the DMs. I mean, he I, and I remember saying early on, I can't remember his first, second year, whatever year, but I looked at our coaches in one of our staff meetings, and I said he could legitimately be a defensive lineman. And, and, and I mean that. 
And uh, he has that kind of quickness and talent. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, we always knew. And he just, there's, he's just so massive and strong to go with those feet. So, yeah, you just knew all along, you know, he was going to be special. Yeah, it's it's really fun to watch him play, the way he moves. And, you know, those offensive tackles in the NFL feels like they get better with time and get all that experience under their belt and yeah. that old man strength. And uh, he's got it going right now. I was well, just curious. Just you said, I yeah. think we talk a lot about his talent, but now with the experience, you yeah. know he's seeing blitzes and he's seeing, you know, somebody coming off the corner. I mean, he's he's – done it now for so long that he could read defenses as well as a quarterback can yeah he's probably got a book on every pass rusher that he faces too uh what they're going to throw at him i was curious who was your nfl team growing up was there who'd you follow or did you follow just kind of the whole league or no one real close or do you have a team yeah for whatever reason you know how it is as a kid you follow the winners i i love the chiefs when i was really young for whatever reason. And then when the, then I, I really, you know, really followed the Steelers because they were only 45 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, down the road over in, in Pennsylvania from us. And we started, and they were winning so much. So I really, really started, uh, so kind of real, real young. I was the Chiefs for whatever reason. In fact, I even wore number 14 in grade school because of Ed Podolak. <laughs> And then, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, and then I, uh, and then I, and yeah, and of all things, I ended up going to Iowa. He was a Hawkeye as well. Wow. So I got to meet Ed several times. Told him that story. He laughed. He got a kick out of it. And then later in my in the high school, I started to really follow the Steelers when they were on that big run. You know, with Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and all of those guys. Well, you mentioned the Chiefs when you were younger. Chiefs are really good again for a lot of reasons. Creed Humphrey and some other uh, former Sooners on that team helped that out quite a bit. And i just curious about Creed because he's kind of asserted himself as one of the best centers in the league. His first year was 2017, um, right after you retired. Did you have much, of, uh, much communication, much of a relationship with Creed before he got to OU? And what does that look like between you two now? Oh, well, I mean... I just, of course, just through recruiting, I got to, of course, know him. I recruited him and, you know, with Coach Biedenbaugh. And then, yeah, he was a great player here. You know, uh, just, yeah, I've, I've been around him and he's wonderful. I mean, the guy's, uh, guy's everything you want in the center. And, uh, you know, got to bump into him even this year. He was back. I don't know. He was back at one of the recruiting events. I went over to Coach Venable's house for an hour to, they wanted me to say hello to some people, and I did. And Creed happened to be there visiting with, with people as well. So, yeah, it's always fun to bump into Creed. And, uh, yeah, he's a fun, easy guy to be around, definitely. Who you like right now? You know, we got the, the conference championship games coming up. I mean, they're going to be great. Chiefs and Baltimore and 49ers and the Lions. Anyone that you think stands out from the crowd right now? Well, I'm for everybody, but I don't think I have, we have anyone from OU on the Lions. I don't and think the rest so. Of them, I think you're right. The rest of them, like, we've got OU people, and on top of that, George Kittle's a close family friend through yeah. the years. So, so I, can't root against, I can't root for or against any of them. I am. I, I believe I'm all set, though, to go to the 
the 49ers game this weekend weekend and, and be in the Kittles box with uh, Bruce and Jan, his parents, and and his wife, Claire. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Man, they have – the 49ers team is so fun to watch play. They they got so many talented guys, both sides of the I ball. Think, Those two rush-ins they got. and the, I think yep. uh, Fred Warner, um, inside backers, best in the league. He's great. Yep. And offensively, there's so many weapons. And I think Kyle Shanahan, all of his – he's one of the best coaches out there and just – not just as a head coach in the team and all, but the play design uh, and, you know, the, you know, just the play designs that they come up with and getting the ball to all those talented offensive players they have is really, uh, really special and fun to watch. Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. All right, Coach, we appreciate it whenever you stop by. And, um, yeah, enjoy we, the weekend, uh, man. It's a big-time yeah. weekend. Yeah, that is. That's going to be awesome. A fun weekend. I hadn't. I hadn't been to a playoff game, I don't believe. So, looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun one. All right, Coach, we appreciate you. All right, guys, Boomer Sooner tonight going to beat the horns. <laughs> there you That's go. Right. Love that. Boomer Sooner. No horns down for the fans out there, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll sure we'll pay attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> I might walk stuff. right up to my seat doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we may get a shot of you doing it in the crowd, too. Going to be fun. Right. Thanks, Coach. See ya. Oh, that, would that not be great? Would, would yeah. the Lloyd Noble Center not explode if they show Coach Stoops on the Jumbotron and he throws the horns down? Which, I don't know, whoever's running the camera tonight, running the uh, Jumbotron scoreboard, whatever, if they're listening, maybe that's a hint that he's primed and ready to throw the horns down if you show him up there. Do they have that? You don't have to have, like, the kiss cam or the uh, – like. Everyone holds the baby up in the air. Do they have the inverted horn cam? They it, it will turn into that tonight. No, they don't have like the <laughs> graphic of it, but that's what it's going to be this evening. That's uh, funny stuff. All right, let's hit a quick timeout here from Bob Moore Nissan here in Norman. Can't miss us just on the west side of I-35, just north of the Tecumseh exit. They've got a bunch of stuff going on here, huge inventory. they got pre-owned here as well. Come see us. Bob Moore Nissan will be back. The word is spreading. And the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Out with the old and in with the new at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. New 2024. It is the rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. As always, we appreciate Coach Stoops hopping on with us every single Tuesday at 320. That segment is brought to you by Modelo. On the text line, Jeff from OKC says, they should do a horns-down cam at every game, every sport. Now, that's a great idea. What What are the rules for horns-down? Can you do horns-down when, you do horns down than, when OU plays Kansas State? Can it only be when OU plays Texas? Or it doesn't matter the day, the year, the opponent. Texas always sucks, so you can always throw it down. You can always do it. It's just kind of, I mean, whether it's a good thing or bad thing, I don't know. But, it, you know, we were talking the other day how we don't really have a, a hand sign other than just the number one. Like, the inverted horn is basically just our hand sign. Like, when in doubt, you just throw the horns down. Every right? recruit photo that you've ever seen, that's what's going on. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. There's no doubt. So, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any rules on when you can and can't do it. I'd say you can do it if you're playing 
Kansas State on the road in basketball, and you can do it if you score a touchdown uh, on defense at the end of the game to win the thing. It would be a good time to do it, don't you think? There you go, Stutz. Stutzman's going to score against Temple next year and throw the horns down in the end zone. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. Or uh, just, would... just do the crane kick again like you did last year. That was actually pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was good. Cherokee Sooner says, when I die, I want the mortician to arrange my hands into the horns down <laughs> gesture. God, that's amazing. Open casket for that. Uh, here lies the inverted horn symbol. Rodney Terry does not will not be attending your funeral, Cherokee Sooner. Sorry to report. That's good. OU Mitchell says, uh, Kelvin Sampson's return to the LNC will be the most memorable of this season by a mile. You can't overstate how important he and players like Hollis Price and Qantas White meant to this fan base, I just might shed a tear. And those they're still on his staff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so is, yeah. Um, so is Kellen, his son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean. That's my I most anticipated. I, I mean, because that's my, I, that's my childhood with, with OU basketball is – Hollis Price and Qantas White for sure. Definitely Kelvin. So I don't know if that game means – I bet that game means a little bit more to some than others. You know, like some their childhood was Billy Tubbs. I didn't get to yeah. experience the the height of Billy Ball. I, I wish I would have. It would have been awesome. But for me, like Kelvin Sampson's my childhood. So his return to the LNC this year, even after the way that it ended, that like that's – Hollis and Qantas coming back. Like, that's – for me personally, that's a big game and a big deal for me. Like, I, I made sure we got tickets to that game this year. Yeah. Now, remind me, because I know – I kind of know a little bit about like how his tenure here ended. But, I, like, the fan base – I, I know now, like, there's there's been enough time that even if it was a, not a good departure, that it feels like everyone's moved on from that good enough. But whenever he left, like, where was his standing with the fan base whenever his time here was done? You Are you saying, like, um, how people reacted to him leaving for Indiana? Is that – Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, naturally, everyone was, was, was pissed about it and – I mean, it, well, I couldn't it, remember if like if if like, his time here kind of run its course and people were ready to move on or, or well, just like yeah, what it was okay, like. I, I see what you mean. Well, they go to a final four. Excuse me, they go to a final four in 02, Then they follow mm-hmm. that up with an elite eight in 03, and things are rolling right. And I think mm-hmm. maybe in 05, two years after that elite eight run, they had a really good team and a team that you thought could really push for another final four. Like the past, the, the last two to three years wasn't at the level of the Final Four Elite Eight run. I don't know if people are ready to run him out of town. I mean, we, we can ask the text line if that was the case, but I, I still feel like people still really wanted him around here for, for as much yeah. as he did for, for the program and how much he won. Yeah, what they won the um, Big 12 tournament what, three consecutive years. Yeah, 01, 02, and 03, which is not, that's not easy to do. Um, which I think the I think the conference has probably grown into a better basketball conference now than it was then, but it's not like it was bad then. It was still really no, good. It was really good. Texas was really good with Rick Barnes. KU was really good with Roy Williams. Oklahoma State was a hell of a lot better with Eddie Sutton. Um, Tech was Tech was all right. Bobby Knight, yeah, when, that, when Bobby Knight was there. Wasn't it? Baylor was god awful during that time. 
Nebraska was god-awful. Iowa State had fallen on some hard years. Mizzou was Mizzou. Go, go figure. Uh, nothing's really changed there. But, yeah, it, it, was, still a, it was still a really good league uh, at that time. And, and this is a good point from the 817. Kelvin had a hell of a recruiting class coming in when he left. I think Scotty Reynolds ended up going to, what, Villanova? And Damian James ended up going to Texas? And yeah, he had a he had a really good recruiting class when he left. Nice, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think that'll be cool. Obviously, he's also bringing a really really good basketball team to town, and uh, that would be awesome to get that win uh, over Houston whenever they're they're here too. So yeah, yeah that'll be a fun. It's one. gonna be a fun night. Uh, way too early, all Americans for next year in college football. Mm. Got a couple of familiar names here. The quarterback on the list is Carson Beck of Georgia. I don't think that's that's too surprising. Second team, preseason All-American, Dylan Gabriel of Oregon. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, He's going to a good program that's got a lot of good talent. He's coming off of, I mean, you got to say his best year as as a quarterback in college, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe oh, I don't statistically think it's, it, no, a little I don't bit think it's better. Or, Last year was. Yeah. I mean, he was first team All Big Twelve. I, yeah, it's right. Clearly, yeah. his best season. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, maybe I don't know what statistically if he had a better year at UCF, but I mean, everything considered, uh, coming off of the the year that he had, I mean, I that's not because you're, there's a bunch of guys making the jump to the league, and there's there's some unknown across. College football, like what the what the guys filling those voids are going to look like. You're going to have a bunch of big programs with new quarterbacks, and yeah, for you know, not to take anything away from them, but kind of, you know, because of lack of other great options. You know, I guess maybe I'm a little shocked. I I think it's better to have Dylan Gabriel there, but kind of shocked that Quinn Ewers isn't on there because of how much love Texas well, gets. Yeah, but. Let me let me ask it this way, and not that this really matters in the grand scheme of next year, but the way that OU is thought of right now, going into next season, right around the number fifteen team in the country is probably where we're going to see them this off season. Um, seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth in the SEC is where I've seen them projected. Do you think the thought nationally is a lot different with OU next year if Dylan Gabriel's QB one versus Jackson Arnold? Oh, absolutely. I I do as well. Yeah. Yep. And not I that that so. really matters in the grand scheme of next year, but, boy, everyone loves proven commodities when it's the time for the way-too-early preseason polls, don't they? Yeah, and I also, you know, I say yes to that, but I also recognize that um, Dylan Gabriel is also going to be looked at better across the country at Oregon than he would have been at Oklahoma. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying. I had he come back to Oklahoma, I think people would probably pick us to be a little bit better. But I, he'll. I imagine there's going to be like a huge media praise fest parade about Dylan Gabriel and what's yeah. going to happen at Oregon this year. Yeah, it would have been because uh, I think this would have happened. It would have been funny for Dylan Gabriel to win uh, the All Big Twelve Quarterback Award last year but Quinn Ewers to be the all-preseason quarterback for next year. All yeah. Big 12 preseason. He would have, he would have gotten the, on the first team and Gabriel would not. I guarantee you that would have happened. Yeah. 
I can't hear. Uh, can't wait to hear the rest of those. Uh, kind of go through that list. What list was that off? Uh, it's of? just off ESPN. I, I, I mean, Kelvin Banks is offensive tackle for for Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, one sooner was listed on here. Deontay Lawson of Alabama was listed as first team backer. Danny Stutzman was listed as second team backer for uh, next nice. year. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you only what? There's probably. True linebackers, there's probably two inside guys and then an edge guy that they're listing as a linebacker. Barrett Carter so. at Clemson was one guy. Deontay Lawson at Bama is one guy. Harold Perkins at LSU, he's really good, was listed on there. Yeah. So they list three linebackers, and, uh, yeah, Stutzman's on the second team, which I think we could see a lot more of uh, this offseason. Yeah, I think I, that's I mean, fair. this and is going to be the most high much better place to start for him than, than last year. Oh, if you're trying to win the Buckus Award, it definitely is, to have some name Absolutely. recognition going into the year. In fact, I, is he the best of these three linebackers that I just mentioned? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if he's better than Barrett Carter at Clemson or Deontay Lawson at Alabama or Harold Perkins at LSU. But he could be the most well-known name out of that entire group, which does matter yeah. at times when we're talking about uh, awards like the Buckus. There's no doubt. that I, With where he is now and going into the SEC – I would be shocked if he's not – I'm assuming he's healthy and everything goes well. Um, I'd be shocked if he's not a finalist at a minimum for the Butkus next year. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number one here from Bob Moore Nissan next. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Doers don't wait. More Norman Tech, powered by Oklahoma Career Tech. Kevin's group bringing you the sour of the rush. Man, when I was driving into the station yesterday... Not a whole lot of cars on the road because of all the ice out in uh, Norman. It was like me and a bunch of Cavens trucks out everywhere. They were uh, all over the place yesterday. Huh. They didn't take the day nice. off. Yeah, they, uh, Gary and the team hard at work yesterday. So if you have an emergency, give Cavens a call, 405-573-3048. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. Big story in college football is, well, Jim Harbaugh and the L.A. Chargers, apparently they're in striking distance of a deal. Are you buying this, or is this just a leaked report to get Michigan to come to the table one final time? Hard to know. I mean, all I can go off of is what the rumors are saying, and people that seem to know felt very strongly right away that this is and, and really not just since the end of the season, for quite some time I felt like this is Harbaugh's last year in college football and he's headed to the NFL. And it feels like that's where the strongest tie has been all along. It would make sense. A really good quarterback there, young quarterback, pro-style quarterback that he can build around. And if that's the place you're going you're gonna to jump, it would make sense. So... I'll say that, yeah, Harbaugh ends up with the Chargers. We had a text earlier saying, well, this is just like Nick Saban. They saw the writing on the wall, NIL, transfer portal. They wanted out of college football. 
maybe that was the case for Saban. I think it was a reason. Um, college football could make changes to the sport tomorrow. I still feel like Jim Harbaugh just wants to be in the NFL. Yeah, like it feels that way. It feels that way. Um, I, he probably feels that he's got a little bit of unfinished business, wants to win a Super Bowl, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, I think that having he, – he was in college and then went to the NFL, had success in the NFL, went to a Super Bowl, and then back to college. And I'm sure that – because, honestly, the workload as a head coach in college compared to the NFL, it ain't Especially now, man. Close. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's year round, three sixty five, nonstop. I in the NFL, I there is a calendar you stick to, you have to stick to. I mean, there's there's a time whenever they're evaluating players and, and working their roster. And you got a GM that's doing all of that stuff too, scouting department. I mean, it's it's football. College is like the football split with everything else, recruiting, babysitting, uh, developing, like like off-field development. Like, it's just – it's not even close. There's so much more in college football that those guys have to do. Sean says when he's fired at San Diego in four years, will he return to Michigan? Sean just did what I still do is call him the San Diego Chargers. Uh, I do that all the time. All the time. I, that's the hardest one it's to get. It's still one of the change. most uh, weird relocations we we've seen. I, Qualcomm Stadium was was really old. Maybe they left mm-hmm. because they weren't going to get a new stadium. I, I I don't know, but at least they had a fan base in San Diego. People that cared about them. Not right. sure that they have that in L.A. I yeah, he'll go back to. I don't know if he'll go back to Michigan. He may go to Ohio State. You know, I, I don't know that he's. I mean, it made sense to go to Michigan, but I think he'd go anywhere. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Think about college football this way in the last three years, dude. In a game where – I mean, there are some instances where people have left Blue Bloods, but not a lot over the grand scheme of the history of college football. Just recently, you had Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma for That's USC. Right. You had Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame for LSU. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan right after winning a national championship. Like those yeah. things would have been looked at. Uh, I, it's just uh, uh, kind of a new era of the sport. Crazy to think about it that way. Yeah, it is. Am I missing something else drastic that's happened here recently? No, I feel like um, I am. I'm trying. I don't think so. I think that's about it. You know, I was going to say that. It's just it, it was a totally different situation because Jimbo, whenever he left Florida State, but you know he was kind of falling apart around him, so it made made some sense. But yeah, I mean those are big ones. OU, Notre Dame, and Michigan coaches left, and you know all of them they left it. The program was in you know was not in a really bad spot. I mean I could understand if. To leave after you win a championship is totally rare. You don't ever see that. Notre Dame, I mean, was not in a bad spot. I mean, they weren't at their best, but, I mean, they've been in in worse spots. And Oklahoma was, you know, on the downswing, but it wasn't bad. So, yeah, it's that's weird. All right. 
Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two here from Bob Moore Nissan is next. Smile. 